can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. (laughs) I have some really, (laughs) I've got some interesting news. You know how we did that Valentine's Day episode with Byron Cook? Yes. So I just wanted Matthew to insert a little um, section of that interview. There's so many different angles on the day, guys. And what I thought the most simple question was to ask, which I did through Byron Cook Show on Instagram, which is what are your expectations of the day? Uh, Here's the first one sent to me by a dude called Alex. What am I going to do on Valentine's Day? Just the usual. Make a burner Instagram account to check on the exes that have blocked me to make sure that they're not happy. Love that. Um, Can you send him a message? I would like to go on a date with him on Valentine's Day. (laughs) Careful what you wish for. He will say yes. Yes. Alex, the guy from that scene we just heard, he started following me on Instagram. Get out. <laughs> so then I sent Byron a message and I said, um, I, that guy started messaging me and he said, I, I need to send you the screenshot. So. Oh, my God. Alex sent Byron a message and it said, well, Hannah is more than welcome to shoot me a message. Going on a Valentine's <gasps> Day date through a Valentine's Date podcast connected by people who know each other via Instagram is very 2021 and I'm all about it. As so I said to oh. Byron, oh, he's actually pretty funny. I'll, um, I'll follow him back and let the sparks fly. Yeah. So I ended up following him back and I said I'm just gonna I'm just gonna turn this into a fun piece of content yeah love that (laughs) so I sent him a message and I said I believe we have a date set for 14th of Feb why don't we create a shared burner account and stalk our exes together with a rose emoji (laughs) and he basically said like he'd love nothing more than to do that and I said excellent I'll pencil it in this is obviously also for the content and he said, of course, strictly content. Anyway, so we have a date on. Um, Man, you find dates in weird places. Listen to this, though. He said, you're going to be my last date of my 20s, which is so funny because you ter- your birthday is on the day before. Yeah. His birthday is the day after, Valentine's Day. Oh. So if the date goes past midnight, it'll be his 30th birthday. Isn't that just oh my so funny? <laughs> yeah, so we're going out for dinner on Valentine's Day. You're actually going? Yeah. Well, what the f*** am I going to do then? <laughs> you said you were going for dinner with me. Did I? Oh, this, this is much better. I'm much happier with this. It's all right. I'll find my own date. Don't worry about it. So that's my little update on my dating life. Uh, we've done our 10% dating for yep. the episode. So what is on today's episode, Hannah? So on today's episode, we are talking about a very highly requested, I mean, I've requested this multiple times, but we're yeah. talking about constipation <laughs> with we our re- constant emails from Hannah. Can we please <laughs> talk about constipation? So uh, it's a topic very close to my heart. So we're talking about constipation with our resident GP, Dr. Lucinda. We are also talking to the Olaplex national trainer about the science behind Olaplex and, of course, the products we didn't know we needed. So we've just recapped our um, dating lives very quickly off air, but uh, as you could probably guess, today we have 
a special friend joining us, Dr. Lucinda. Welcome back to the potty. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me back. It's always a pleasure. Love having you on. Yes, we love having you. We are here to talk about something that was requested quite a few weeks ago. And honestly, it's been on my list for ages for a cringy convo. Of course, it's constipation. Hi, this is highly requested from me. I have a, I have my own medical question to ask Dr. <laughs> of course you do. Travel related. <laughs> okay, go, Hannah. So basically, whenever I'm like doing a trip overseas and I've got to do some sort of tour that's multi-day, like a multi-day tour, and then I have, you know, I'm on buses and I'm there's no toilet on the bus. Like this happened in India. So I ended up not going to the bathroom. It was two or three days and the pain got so, so horrible. Like it's like my body goes into like stress mode. Like you can't go to the toilet. You have to hold it in. And then it gets to a point where I actually can't go anymore. And like, what is that? Is that a phenomenon that is normal? That is spot on. Um, so basically, <laughs> your gut, like everyone's different. Um, like not everyone so experiences these things when they travel, but traveling is quite a common cause of stress for your bowel. And so what it does is that, like, for example, you mentioned a couple of things there where you can't go when you want to go. That is a key part in constipation as well. And then also when everything's a little bit unfamiliar. So if you're a bit stressed, your gut, without you realizing it, tenses as well, which sort of like traps your poo and then traps things like air as well, which causes gas and bloating and pain. It was it was incredibly painful and I ended up having to go. <laughs> I, I'm in trouble. Like I might have to go to the hospital. Like I was feeling the pain was so bad. So I ended up going to the pharmacy and I there's nothing more embarrassing than having to ask ask for suppositories at a pharmacy in a foreign country. (laughs) (laughs) It was horrifically painful. So I'm glad. What do you do in that case, Dr. Lucinda, if they get to the point where like suppositories or just regular laxatives aren't working, do you have to go to the hospital? Oh, yeah, I've definitely, when I was working in the emergency department, definitely had patients with severe constipation where you have to, there's a couple of things where you sometimes have to manually evacuate it. Uh, sometimes they inject sort of like fluid up and then you sort of get your finger and you just sort of pull it all out Ooh. or you just give them a, like a load of sort of clear out laxatives. So yeah, and some people it's like actually normal for them to do this sort of manual evacuation themselves where they put their finger into their bum and then take it out. Uh, It can get really bad. Yeah, wow. Well, one of my friends suffers very badly from constipation and she would go six or seven days without going to the toilet. I just could not understand. Yeah, she'd be in like severe pain, but that went on for ages and she ended up finding out that she had a bunch of intolerances mainly to gluten and so she started going gluten-free and my friend group and I are very open with each other and we talk a lot about our bowels and she was updating us on the reg and she was like, I'm now at the point where I'm pooing every day. And I'm living life to the fullest. Yeah, living her best life. Yeah, she's living her best life and she updates us regularly and she's like, I've I've done another poo today. And it's, you know, we're all congratulating her. It's great. So I like when I've been really active and exercising a lot, I seem to be more regular. And then when I've stopped exercising, I become less regular. And I 
want to know is exercise, does that stimulate your bowels? It does. There's some um, evidence to show that it also depends on when you do your exercise. So if you get up in the morning and the first thing you do is you know, before you, because our bodies actually naturally want to poo first thing for whatever reason, it wants to do that. But if you push yourself and you go straight for a HIIT workout, so it's really high intensity, that actually draws all the blood away from your bowel and brings it over to your muscles. So that can also make constipation worse. But for example, if like me, you have a coffee first thing in the morning, go to loo and then go to the workout, then it sort of like helps that a little bit. Interesting. Yeah, right. Well, I, I did want to ask, what are the top causes of constipation? Is there like a list of things that are just known for causing constipation? Yeah. So there's quite a few things like... There's more sort of um, natural things that we do in our day-to-day lives. And then there's sort of, as you can imagine, diseases that can be related to it. So, like, when it comes to the natural things, we're talking about things like water. If we don't have enough water in our diet, you're not going to have enough water in your stools, which will help make it soft to let it go. And you guys love water anyways for what it does for your skin. So, like, win-win for everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Then, obviously, fibre. So, we need about 30 grams of fibre in our diet every day. And... Barely anyone in the population meets that. And that's because fiber helps to form like bulkier stools and softer stools, which are easier to pass. And that's things like fruit, veg, legumes, like beans, all sorts of things like that. So that's super, super important. Then, as we mentioned before, things like stress that tenses your gut, uh, things like exercise that is generally good, but not if you're really badly constipated to do hip first thing. Caffeine uh, has an impact as well. That's definitely a stimulant that can help you go. And then there's things like, oh, yeah, hormones. So I think we touched upon that before. So where you are in your menstrual cycle and also in pregnancy, the hormones can slow the rate of which stool passes through your gut as well. And then you've got things like a tense pelvic floor. Um, so, yeah, if we have got a tense pelvic floor, then it doesn't allow for our sphincter to relax to allow the poo to go out. Just, yeah, other things like medications that can lead to constipation, irritable bowel syndrome, which is more associated with bloating and pain um, and then fluctuates possibly between diarrhea and constipation or either or um, something to see a doctor about if it's something that's really troublesome and you're worried about it. And then like medical conditions of the gut, thyroid, nervous system, diabetes, there's like loads of different things. Mm -hmm. So is constipation usually like it's something you would ask a patient about if they came in and they had like a different concern? Would you ask them what their bowel movements were like? Can that be like an indicator that something else is going on? So I think... With when I'm thinking about certain medical conditions and like diagnosing, for example, thyroid, it's not something that I would generally ask about if they were stressed out. I find that patients generally, when they have problems with their poo, they will let me know. And it's something that should be really normal. Like in my office, I have a massive chart of the Bristol stool chart on my wall. I'm like, right, everyone, tell me what your poo is like. Um, And you can get a mug as well, which would be amazing. That would be my dream. Hannah, I'd like that for Christmas, please. I love, I've been to, I remember I was at a house party and they had that up on the bathroom, which I thought was great. I think we should have that up in our bathrooms, Joe. Yeah. Right up our yeah. alley. I think our dates would really appreciate that as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, I feel like we should discuss hemorrhoids separately because I think that's a whole other cringy convo in itself. But are there any other kind of conditions that can come along with constipation if you don't sort it out? Like if you've got prolonged constipation, 
other issues you could be causing yourself by not sorting it? Exactly, yeah. So that's the thing. When chronic constipation is technically when it's lasted for three months or more, what I generally would like people to do is that if, for example, you're um, constipated, which means that technically the term is less than three bowel movements a week, but it's also associated uh, with harder stools, not being able to fully feel like you've emptied them, feeling bloated. So if those things are like going on for several weeks and you're like, oh, I've tried sort of drinking lots of water, so like two to three liters of water a day. Um, I've tried to get sort of the 30 grams of fiber in my diet and then trying to exercise. And if those things aren't really making a difference or you're having a lot of trouble and a lot of pain or it's just having a really big impact, just see your doctor because there are a couple of different things. Like you mentioned that your friend had some gluten intolerance. That's definitely one of those things. Other things like that are really important to look out for are if you're more than 50 years old and you're having a change in your uh, stools, that's really important. Also, if you're losing weight unintentionally alongside this and if you have blood mixed in with your stools particularly. So that's a warning flags there. Mm-hmm. But I guess the um, moral of the story is go and see your doctor if it's going on for more than a few weeks and it's a constant thing because as I said, once my friend sorted out her intolerances she was like I could have been living like this for years <laughs> just didn't know I don't think I've ever been constipated in my life I don't wow. think I've ever and often I think I'd rather that than diarrhea but I haven't experienced oh. it so I can't compare I it's happened to me probably three times overseas the other time that it happened which it must be related to the stress thing I was on a new a holiday with a new boyfriend in Bali oh that's the classic situation of constipation (laughs) I left it too long and I I left it maybe like probably three days then four days and I couldn't say anything it was horrible and then I it really can ruin a holiday honestly I think we need to speak to hotel designers please don't make the glass movable and don't make it see-through if I need a I need a private space, okay? Can, can Stop we make it sexy. <laughs> can we please like start a petition where all toilets are next to showers in a self-contained yes. room? And well soundproofed. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> but like it's so normal that we need to see to be like, right, I'm going I know, it is so normal. We do it every day. It doesn't I make know. any sense why we're so embarrassed. Why is it okay that we can be like, oh, I just need a pee, but we wouldn't say, oh, sorry, excuse me, I just got a shit. <laughs> like, I'd maybe say that to we, you, Hannah, but like I wouldn't say it to a date. Maybe day. we need to start a campaign to normalise like I need to shit. Yes, because why is it okay for men to say like, oh, you know, I need a sh- or they just fart in front of you and they're not embarrassed. Yeah. But then when we do it, it's like, ew, like why? I remember something that did normalise it for a while. It was something called poopery, that spray that you use after you Oh, poo. yes. Yeah, yeah. Poopery and e-stop post-poo drops, absolute staples if you're in a new relationship. I would always recommend those. You know what else I actually want to discuss one day is just um, toilet anxiety in general and how that can impact your bowel movements. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people are scared to go at work. They're scared to go anywhere in public and they'll only use their toilet at home. Quick little tips for people just um, if they do have a bit of constipation, like things that I've personally tried also myself that have been very good. So things like psyllium husk. So it's basically just a high fibre thing. You just take like a tablespoon of two of it, put it into water in the morning, stir it for 30 seconds and just gulp it down. That 
stuff is miraculous. And then things like there's really exciting evidence coming out for probiotics and prebiotics. I know that mm-hmm. there's quite a few people out there that like taking the capsules for those things. But if you're wanting to try and experiment with probiotics and prebiotics, I'd recommend specifically going for food. Um, so things like yogurt, kefir, kimchi, sauerkraut. Those are like my few extra things that might be helpful for people out there. Well, thank you for A, giving us your tips and B, joining us to chat about poo once again. I think we'll resume our dating chat (laughs) off air (laughs) so that we can find out what's happening in your life. Thank you so much for joining us again on the pod. I'm sure we'll have you back soon. Thanks. Loved it. Really good fun. So I could probably talk about Olplex all day. When I was writing out these questions, Hannah, I was like, I could honestly just keep writing. I don't know where to stop because <laughs> there's so many things that I want to know about Olplex and that I know other people want to know about Olplex. So we decided to get the Olplex national trainer all the way from the US. Danielle Frank joins us today. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to be here. We've got plenty of questions for you. So Just we- in time as well. Yeah. <laughs> Because I've got the I've got the number zero here, and I need Ooh. to know how to use it. <laughs> well, I have a lot of information to give you. <laughs> uh, so before we get into the all the nitty gritty about how Olaplex actually works, can we start with what's actually happening on a scientific level to our hair when it becomes damaged? Well, I mean, when it comes to hair, there's a lot of different pieces that go into it, right? We, we know a lot about the protein that's in the hair. We've been hearing that for years. But really, when we look at it, there's bonds that are basically keeping the structure of the hair intact. And with Olaplex in particular, it's working on the disulfide bond. And I know that when I went to beauty school and whatnot, we were taught that when disulfide bonds were broken, really, as it becomes more and more broken, you're going to get broken hair, you know, or you're going to need a haircut. So basically, Olaplex goes in and repairs those disulfide bonds, which never could be done before. So it's a unique patented chemistry. So we can do this in many different ways. We can do this when whether we're doing a chemical service, which is like color, relaxers, perms, whatever it may be, keratins. Also, you can do this when you're using like heat tools, whether it be a flat iron or a curling iron. Actually, they say that it takes only 10 passes to have the same amount of damage that you would have from a chemical service. Also, you can do this like, I don't know how many of your uh, listeners know that when your hair is wet, that's probably one of the more vulnerable places it can be. So if you're like tugging at your hair with a hairbrush, uh, when it's wet, you're going to stretch out that hair strand and really compromise it. So there's a lot of different ways you can create damage and Olaplex will resolve a lot of that. So Olaplex number three is a worldwide bestseller. I actually don't think there's anyone who hasn't heard of it. All my friends just rave about it. Can you talk us through the finer details of how number three works? Absolutely. I know when I first started using Olaplex, I made sure every single one of my clients went home with the number three. It really has change the way hair is taken care of because you have to look at hair care as kind of like you know skin care for hair care that's what Olaplex really is all about and it's a routine so with the number three rather it being like a mask like a conditioner 
or a protein mask. It's something entirely different. It is a reparative treatment. So with the number three, typically you're going to do that before you even shampoo or condition. It's really not a moisturizing treatment. It's not a protein treatment. Again, it's doing something entirely different. It's going in the hair and repairing the disulfide bonds, which is kind of like what the structure of the hair is made up of. And that way, when you do add protein or you do add moisture, it has the capacity to hold it within the hair structure. And I wondered if all hair types and textures can use number three. Is it not recommended for any kind of hair? No, it is recommended for all types of hair. And that's also what makes it really super unique. Uh, you know, you go into the store and you're looking at all the different hair type like products out there and, you know, oh, curly hair, they're supposed to get this. And if you have really fine hair, you're supposed to use that. But the great thing about Olaplex, it literally can be used on any hair type. So if you have, you know, bleach blonde hair or, you know, you do your root touch up or you do any kind of like texture services or if you have virgin hair and you just like sometimes like to curl it or flat iron it or whatever, all of these things, all these types of hair can be used on that. It can even be used on hair extensions if it's human hair. <laughs> it has to be human hair. But if it's human hair, yeah, absolutely. It can be used. Because all my blonde friends, like white, like I've got some peroxide kind of white blonde friends and they talk about it. So I thought it was really just for blondes, but mm. it's also for heat damage as well because I've got seriously heat damaged hair. I will be completely honest. When I first heard about Olaplex, I thought it was only for blondes and I'm a blonde. So mm. immediately I had to use it. Uh, but what actually what I found was remarkable, in particular, people that have textured hair holy cow, what it will do for for the curl pattern. You know how you, you have like gorgeous curly hair and then slowly but surely the curl pattern just kind of it like loosens. It's not as defined. It's kind of weak. Olaplex will bring that all back. And I think there's kind of an expectation. I When I first used Olaplex, I was like, oh, it's going to be like a really hydrating mask. And I think people are sometimes a little bit confused because it doesn't sort of leave the hair, doesn't coat the hair in the way that like, you know, you might see a Pantene ad where the hair is just luscious after one wash. Can you explain why um, this is the case? Well, I mean, part of it is because Olaplex really is something that is entirely new to the hair industry. It literally... Nothing has ever been out there that it that can do the same thing. So when we were first bringing it out and doing the number three, it really it was hard, probably a hard concept for a lot of people to really wrap their brains around. You know, moisture and protein is usually what people are adding to their hair. Mostly moisture. They, they want to get a lot of moisture into their hair. They're not really understanding that if you really have a weak disulfide bonds in the hair. When you're using moisture, it's not, it doesn't have anything to kind of cling on to if it doesn't have a good structure, does it? You know, it'll be nice for a moment and then it just kind of passes through or it doesn't really get the full benefit because it doesn't have a strong, healthy structure. So this is where Olaplex and using it as a treatment that is a reparative treatment, not moisture, not protein. And it's actually also the fact that you use it before you shampoo and condition. You want to use it before so that way you're able to wash it out and then use the conditioner that's appropriate for you. So if you really need a lot of moisture, you want to make sure you use that. And again, some people need extra protein, so you want to use that as well. Mm. 
And of course, we always recommend the number four and number five. So that's our shampoo and conditioner. That's a really good usage tip um, to use it before you shampoo and condition because I think a lot of people use it afterwards and then just rinse it out. (laughs) Is there any other usage tips that you can give us for anyone that hasn't used it before or might be not using it correctly? Uh, Well, I mean, that is the big one. And I know that it says on the bottle for the uh, number three to leave it in for 10 minutes. You can leave it on Mm. longer. You can leave it on longer. Okay, good to know. I was going to ask that. (laughs) Yeah, I find that a lot of people, well, I've heard people sleeping with it in their hair overnight. I don't personally recommend that (laughs) only because it could leave a little bit of a mess. And again, remember what we said about hair being damp. It's probably at its most vulnerable state. You don't want to be tossing and turning while your hair is wet. But if you leave it on, like I often will put it in and I'll start doing, you know, my dishes, my laundry, whatever, and it is still working. Now, after maybe about 40 minutes, it probably has diminishing returns. It's not, you Mm -hmm. know, as intense. But yeah, by all means, leave it on longer. So I did want to ask off the back of that, is there such a thing as overusing a bond repairing product on the hair? And when would you know if you've overdone it with something like Olaplex? Or can you? <laughs> no, you you cannot overuse Olaplex or any kind of, like any of our products at all. It can only make the hair healthier. There's nothing in the product that really, that can damage the hair or anything like that. So feel free to use it as often as you feel needed. I personally like to use it once a week. Some people two to three times a week if they have really, really damaged hair. It's really what's comfortable for you. But yeah, definitely, definitely can use it as often as you need to. So the number zero intensive bond building treatment, it's just become available in Australia. I actually was like, do I need the number three? Do I like, how do I use it? So what's the difference between that one and the number three and how do we use them and do we use them together? Absolutely. The number three and the number zero should be used together. So the number zero is like a primer for the number three. So when you use a number three, it is a great treatment, great at-home treatment, but the number zero is going to kind of boost the efficacy of it. When you're using it together, you're, you're going to use the number zero first, right? You're going to put this all throughout your hair. You want to get it saturated, but not dripping. You know, you don't need to go that far. Leave it in for 10 minutes. What this is priming for the number three, and you're going to put the number three directly on top of the number zero. Leave that in for 10 minutes, and then you're going to shampoo and condition. Now, when you're using those together, we have clinical testing that shows that you're going to have hair that's three times stronger and 68% more repair. So that's a huge benefit that you can get from adding the number zero to the number three. Mm, I'm so excited. And you mentioned the shampoo and conditioner earlier, the four and five. How does that differ from other wet line products that are on the market? Does it have the same kind of ingredients as number three? Has it got those bond repairing properties? Yes. Actually, every single one of our products have the bisaminopropyl diclycyl demoliate. Oof, that's a mouthful. <gasps> I know. It's like a jingle. <laughs> I say it often, which <laughs> kind of like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> uh, the, four and <laughs> the four and five also have our active ingredients. So you are getting the benefits of that repair, but also in all honesty, it is so luxurious, <laughs> the smell, the scent of it. I absolutely love. It's super hydrating, really moisturizing. And it's, again, it's for all hair types. Have you ever used shampoo and you're pouring it into your hand and you have globs and globs of it? 
The great thing about Olaplex is we often say less is more. In particular for the shampoo, you really don't want to put too much in your palm. It's super, super concentrated. You're going to get a gorgeous lather. So you only need a tiny bit. If you wind up using as much as you normally would with your shampoo, you're going to wind up rinsing your hair for days. You want to just use a tiny bit. And also the great thing is this is what makes that bottle last forever, which is fantastic. And then when it comes to the number five, the conditioner, it is hydrating. It's all for all hair types. Again, it has that bisamidopropyl diclycol demoliate in there. Uh, so it's strengthening your hair. But what I love about it, I need a lot of moisture. So it's really super important to have a, a conditioner like this. I feel as though my hair has extra shine. I have fine hair, so it doesn't weigh it down. And if you have heavier hair, it's really getting through the hair really well. It spreads beautifully, super thick. So the number six is the creamy texture, which I have. And the number seven is the oil. So are you meant to use those together? I, I actually do cocktail them together. I love to cocktail the two together because, it, one, it's easy, and I'm all about easy. But it gives a really nice boost to the shine when you use the number six with the seven. But the great thing about the number six in particular, it's very moisturizing. So you've got to see it as a leave-in cream that has very hydrating. It has the repair in it. And great blow-dry cream. I often put that in my in damp hair before I've dried mine off. And the great thing is, is that if you want, you can even put it in your hair dry. If you have flyaways or anything like that, literally just a teeny tiny dot on your hand and just kind of emulsify it in your hand and just smooth down anything, you're good to go. The biggest tip I can give about the number six is, again, less is more. You really just need a pearl. And then when it comes to the number seven, it's really... It has a, um, a viscosity of, of water. It's so liquidy. So it doesn't feel like it's weighing down your hair whatsoever. You ever feel some of those oils that are really, really thick? Uh, they're nice, but they're just a bit heavy for someone with my hair type. So what I love about this is it absorbs beautifully, leaves a fantastic shine. This smell is absolutely divine. Mm, that was the first thing I noticed about it. Mm, all of our products really have a beautiful scent. I, I absolutely love it. And it really does feel like you're doing something extra special for yourself. Well, I think we've covered everything about Olaplex that we possibly could, but if any of our listeners have any further questions, we can always bring you back, Danielle, because you seem like you know a lot about Olaplex. So we'll bring you back if, it, if we have more questions come through. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hannah is going to go off and use her number zero with her number three. Thank you. Have a great night. So my P-dubs today is... Oh, my God, stop the, it. You are not creating what? another P-dubs. I am P-dubs. Do you know, can I just quickly say that my sister the other day was like, how the hell did you get P-W-D-K-W-N? How did you make that a thing? Because we're trendsetters. She was like, that's, why. that's the stupidest. <laughs> she was like, it's the stupidest <laughs> thing ever. And I don't know how you did it. Yeah, well, it's got its own GIF on Instagram. If you want to use it, just search Adore Beauty One Word on Instagram. So my product you didn't know I needed today is the Aspect 
Liquid Mineral Foundation. Now, I spoke about this on my stories recently, and I did promise that we would discuss it further on the podcast. So that's what I'm doing today. So I have not tried the powder yet, but I have tried the liquid. And to be honest with you, as I said on my stories, I just put off trying it. I had it for weeks and I thought everywhere I was going, I was putting makeup on for a reason. Like, you know, I was going out and I needed to look good and I was scared if I used it that I would hate it and then I'd have to have it on the rest of the night. So I put it on a day where I was just going to be at home. I had one meeting to go to and I knew that I didn't have to look good all day. So I put it on in the morning. As soon as it touched my face and didn't pill, I was like tick number one because I applied it with my fingers. And generally, if I apply something with my fingers, if it has a tendency to pill, it'll definitely start pilling if I'm applying with my fingers. I found that was the best way to apply it to get the most even finish. So I probably would recommend doing that. I used shades two and three to get my shade and that's when I'm wearing fake tan. I could probably get away with wearing the two if I didn't have tan on, but that one was a little bit more pink based. So mixing the two just was the perfect color for me. It's the exact coverage I look for. So light to kind of medium if you apply a bit more. And the finish I would say was a mix between dewy and satin. Like it kind of starts off quite dewy, but then once it dries down, it's a little bit less dewy. And I compared it to the Alabashe Superfluid, which we've spoken quite a bit about, just a little bit less dewy than that. It was just, I was really impressed with the wear of it and the finish of it. Have you tried the liquid? I actually have it on right now today. Do you? Yes. It looks really nice. Doesn't It's like no makeup makeup. Yes, definitely. Mm. It's the exact kind of foundation I look for. So if you're into light coverage, this is going to be your vibe. And as we know, I was really depressed about the YSL foundation being discontinued. So this might be an alternative. But something I get asked about all the time is mineral makeup. And honestly, I've never found one that I've actually continuously used and enjoyed. So this is like a quite a big deal that I actually like it and that I would recommend it. It is on site now. I had a lot of people when I posted that story be like, why isn't it on the site? It is on site now. It wasn't at the time. My mistake. Um, I'd say the main benefit of mineral makeup is that sometimes it is more suitable for inflammatory skin. Mm. So people experiencing acne or rosacea or just anything inflammatory, it may be more suitable because it's got things like zinc oxide in it. I'm getting three rounds of skin needling. And so it was just, yes. this was just in time for skin needling because I can't put normal foundation over. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's often used um, post-procedure in clinics as well. I know that Jane Idale is used a lot in clinics post-procedure too. But yeah, that's pretty much my review of the liquid. Um, I did say on my stories, the only con that I have noted so far is the very limited shade range, which I've spoken to them about. And I believe they are planning to extend it, but at the moment it is very limited to fair to medium skin tones. So just be aware of that as well. It's really important to be as inclusive as possible. So I'm glad that they've kind of made a bit of a commitment to expand that shade range to be more inclusive. But you have been using the powder. Yeah, I actually, I I hope people know because it sounds a bit ugh when you and I both choose the same brand and product. Mm, It does. But like legitimately... I legit, but you insisted. <laughs> like I've been, I'm insisting because I went on a date yesterday. So I actually had two walking dates on the weekend. So the mm-hmm. date that I went on Saturday. Are you still celibate? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really am. Okay. Um. So <laughs> I don't have long. I, I don't have long to go either. 
I might not, I might not make it the full three months. But to be honest with you, okay. I've got so many new vibrators. I wouldn't even need no, to. No, I think you can do it. I think you can do it. Yeah, Hannah. you easily. can do the three months easily. I mean, I, I, I'll make it for sure. Yeah. So I went on a I went on a walking date on Saturday and wore no makeup, and then I woke up yesterday. I had another walking date. Like when it rains, it pours, guys. Like I've I've been very busy. Um, mm. and I woke up and I had all this redness in my like it was like a red patchiness. I don't know what mm-hmm. I put on my skin the night before, but it was angry. So I actually opened this up and was like, I don't want to wear makeup, but I just want to have like something to just you know, a little bit of coverage so it doesn't look like I'm wearing makeup. This was exactly what I needed. It didn't look like I had makeup on. It just evened out my skin tone. It also has SPF 25, but you obviously put it over your SPF. Mm -hmm. And my skin looked really even and um, it totally covered all the redness. But also it doesn't fully mattify. Because I saw Megan use it and I asked her if it was like fully matte and she was like, no, it still like lets a glow through. Yeah. But it's yep. it's not like two-dimensional, you know, sometimes with powders they make you look like 2D. Yeah. So this one, it actually does, I'm just looking at the product description, it does diffuse the appearance of redness and discoloration. That's mm. why it was perfect for my blotchy red face and it's sheer to medium buildable coverage. So I probably did, mm-hmm. I went in um, twice. Oh, okay. So you picked up like the powder on the brush twice. Yeah. And ran it over your face. Yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. And you can build up powders like that as well, like if you want more coverage from it. And you could use the powder over the liquid too. It's also the powder's ideal for oily skin, obviously, because this one also, mm. did you know this also, ha- it has kale and clay, which will help to reduce like shine and excess oil. Yeah. So that's mine. I had to get dating in there, but yeah. I love a good walking date product. I mean, yeah. What's your what's your go to look for a walking date? So, like the I don't like to wear foundation because once I went on a date with foundation on, and the guy was like, "Did you <laughs> did you dress up?" I'd actually been filming like beforehand. Oh, you went with a full face? No, it wasn't full face, but I had makeup on, and I just didn't. Yeah. I, I think it's fine to wear full face of makeup on a walk. I think. Well, if that's what you want to do. I personally like because I don't, because I wouldn't ordinarily wear makeup walking. I think this was mm. a really good compromise for myself where I was like, yes, a little bit of coverage, but like still showing off all the good work that my skincare has been doing. Yes. I'd probably go for the Giorgio Armani Neo Nude Foundation. Oh, yeah. That would be my choice for a walking day with like a little bit of brow gel. And that's it. I did clear brow gel and then Lano Lips 101. Mm. Oh, yes. That's mm. a great walking date line up there. <laughs> They're really good tips. I've decided all I do now is walking dates, aside from my Valentine's Day dinner. Is that so that you remain celibate? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> I thought so. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated.